Wouldn't it be great if there were a pocket-sized guide that could help you sleep, focus, act, or be better? Well, there is. And if you have 10 minutes, Headspace can change your life. I know because it's definitely helped me too. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. Headspace is the only meditation app advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace can really help you feel better. If you're overwhelmed, Headspace has three-minute SOS meditations for you. Need some help falling asleep? They can help you with wind-down sessions their members swear by. And for parents, Headspace even has stuff that you could do with your kids too. And their approach to mindfulness can help you reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Like I said, I use Headspace as well. I used to use it back in the day, then I got off of it for a while to use another tool. But then, honestly, I came back to it, and it's even better. The voicing, the meditation, it definitely, even just with five minutes a day, it really changes everything for me. It's backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. Incredible. So you deserve to feel happier, and Headspace is meditation made simple. So go to headspace.com slash SPI. That's headspace.com slash SPI for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash SPI today. This is a Smart Passive Income podcast with Pat Flynn, session number 191. You're on the inside. Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard now so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now your host, he buys random people coffee behind him at Starbucks, Pat Flynn. What's up, everybody? Pat Flynn here. Thank you so much for joining me today. This is a special episode because we're doing something here in session 191 that we haven't done before. We've done something similar where you actually heard a mastermind call with some of my mastermind group members. We had somebody come on as a guest. We broke his business down. We built it back up. And a lot of you enjoyed that. Well, this is similar in the way that you're actually listening to a live call that previously happened where some great advice is being passed around. However, this isn't myself and my mastermind group members. This is myself and somebody who had asked me to help coach him through a particular problem he was going through in his business. This is Robert Kibb from themusclecarplace.com. And this person reached out to me a number of years ago asking me for some help getting started and, and getting things up and running. And he reached out to me again with some problems that he was going through in terms of his recent product launch. And in this episode, it's actually a call between he and I that I actually didn't know that I was going to put on this podcast. I recorded it because I wanted to give it to him after. That's what I usually do when I do consulting calls. I actually don't do these consulting calls very often anymore, although I wanted to work with Robert because I'd worked with him in the past and I wanted to see where he was at and see if I can help him move forward. And I recorded this because I usually give these recordings to people to listen to afterwards and they're usually private. But afterwards, I was like, wow, this would be an amazing podcast episode. And Robert said, totally, put it up there. I think it would be very, very helpful for everyone. And so here it is. This is the coaching call between Robert and myself. Uh, now, a question that you might have before I get started is, well, how much is my time? And actually, I, 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 like I said, don't do this anymore. And because I had helped out Robert in the past, I just told him, hey, you know what? Whatever you feel like paying after this call, if you feel like it's great value and, and you wanna send money over for my time, here's my PayPal account. If not, totally understandable. And uh, he, he actually ended up paying me a little bit of money afterwards, which was really nice of him. Um, again, he didn't have to do that, but hopefully uh, that just shows you that he got some value out of this and I hope you do too. So here's the call between Robert and myself. And here we go. So started uh, mine, it's called The Muscle Car Place. 
mm-hmm. uh, was originally a classifieds website, WordPress best or WordPress based. Uh, launched a weekly podcast talk show format called The Muscle Car Place to promote the show, and that pretty much essentially became the business over the course of the years. Uh, lots and lots of different sponsors came on. Uh, shows are, okay. are typically uh, in the low thousands for downloads upon release, and then they they kind of trickle up on there. Over the course of this business, though, the, the the bigger value to me has been the show itself, more in the introductions to people and industry and places uh, that I that I couldn't otherwise go. I am involved in other businesses outside of the Muscle Car Place. Uh, the Muscle Car Place by is by no means a, a sole breadwinning style of business for me here. Mm-hmm. Several listeners pooled together, helped me build a uh, uh, a very amazing '64 Chevelle. It's my car. Uh, we released it at a big industry trade show. It got lots of press, lots of media. I, I secured over four hundred thousand dollars in sponsorship for the car. And shared all that through the show and my website. And I just got question after question on how do we do this sponsorship thing. And in the automotive industry, if you're restoring an old car or building a race car or a race team, uh, it, it's, it's an upside-down financial model. Uh, you'll pour right. more money in than you'll, you'll ever make out. It, it requires sponsorship. So to cut to the chase, I did a little testing. It looked like a course uh, to teach people how to go about obtaining sponsorship was a good idea. In the end, it's pretty pretty straightforward the process you you have to uh, first provide people some value that you're going to give in return uh, walk through the process with them it takes a lot of time the the reality is if you had a million bucks on your own it'd go a lot faster <laughs> right right uh, but but I created a whole course to walk people through that online video based I used the uh, the webinar on fire model uh, that that John Lee Dumas uh, presented I, I bought his course really good mm-hmm. uh, did the pre-launch webinar uh, went, went well. Uh, but once the course went live, I, I think I only got two or three people that ever bought it. And really I, I just chalked the whole experience up to a learning venture for myself, you know, don't of course, yeah. take two to three months and do that next time. But for this time I now, well, I can say I've done it. Okay. Uh, another sponsor started approaching me though about questions. And then in the course of digging, I, I saw that the the downloads for uh, some of the preview shows I did for that course are still higher than my nor- normal shows. Mm-hmm. Continues to be. So the question is to you, <laughs> and you know, forty minutes or less here is: Is this a viable course that just needs some tweaking? It was mismarketed. Is it just dead and I should move on? I I really, I really don't know. Uh, up until a, about a month ago, I, I had moved on and forgotten about it. Right. And in fact, I had even deactivated the course. You couldn't even get to it. And what made you come to me to kind of reopen it or potentially reopen it? The the fact that the the interest appeared to be there just through different downloads of people trying to find more information on the show. Uh, I should definitely preface that people weren't reaching out to me personally. Okay. No one was contacting me and saying I can't get act. Well, a few people did, but I wasn't getting hundreds of inquiries. But maybe, maybe I got ten that said, "Hey, I'd still like to take this course if it's available." And what happened to those people? Did they end up just not purchasing or maybe they never M- most came were across it? Or? People that I had known some way or another. And uh, if if I knew them and knew them well, I just made sure they got access. Okay. Uh, the the back was still there. Sure. But uh, for the most part, I uh, just didn't worry about it too much. Uh, let, let them know that that was the case. But uh, okay. just kind of decided to move on. So I'm, I'm trying to figure out what to do with it. The, the overall gist I am uh, in business is, the muscle car place is a passion. It's fun. 
Uh, I meet a lot of people. I get to stay in an industry I'm connected in, but it's, it takes a lot of time. So yeah. if I, if I can't find a way to make this business more profitable, you know, monetarily, I, I probably need to focus my efforts elsewhere. How, how much money would you need per month to make it worth your while? That's a very good question. Cause then we could work backwards from there. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm, I mean, all in it's not much, maybe, maybe 10 grand. Okay. So 10 grand and you're getting sponsorships to cover a little bit of that. Correct. Correct. How much is your course? 99 bucks. 99 bucks. So let me get this straight. So I could potentially buy this course for $99. Mm -hmm. And what would you say would be if I, if I had most cars, if I was in this kind of arena, what would you say my realistic expectations are would be in terms of getting sponsors to come on and sponsor my own vehicle? Pretty good. How much, uh, I, how much would I be able to make? Oh, it, it, you'll never receive money. What you will receive is parts in kind or service in kind. And that value uh, okay. will probably be in the high hundreds to low thousands for the average person, I would guess. I see. Okay. Yeah. In, in this industry, uh, companies will never ever fork over a dollar if they can give you something in kind uh they'd much rather do it that way versus mm -hmm, mm -hmm. monetary spending. i mean their stuff's being used and people see it and they share it and they, yeah. can, they can hold it and that sort of thing yeah this is a very touching feeling use industry okay so quite honestly you would only need to sell about 70 at that dollar value right now per month yep to be able to make up that cost now, if you were to double that price, for example, let's just hypothetically say it's $200, um, you'd only need to sell maybe nearly one a day, essentially, which isn't that much when you kind of put it in the grand scheme of things. Right. Now, that gives me some confidence that this is actually possible. And I want to know what your gut tells you. So I'm going to kind of dig deep a little bit and hope that's okay if I ask you and poke and prod a little bit, Robert, in terms of <laughs> trying to kind of figure this out. And, you know, I'm just trying to learn more about you and where you're coming from first before we get into some of the strategies and stuff that I know you, you, you really want. But we'll get there. Like, what does your gut tell you about what it is that you've created and A, why you feel like it didn't work out? You touched on that a little bit, but I want, to, I want you to talk about that a little bit more. And, and, and B, how... Like, how great do you feel like this course is really? Uh, well, can I answer them in reverse order then? Yeah. Uh, as far as how great it is, I think it's a very good course. Uh, I think it's well thought out. I think it would have been helpful for me to go through. It's hard for me to take off my, my experience glasses, though, because what I teach in the course is a very systematic, simple level of business intera sure. interaction lessons. Uh, anybody should probably already know how to do this. I just, I just show them the steps and give them a couple templates to use. Mm -hmm. um, but cool. I definitely know that's more than people are doing now. I, I'm sorry, what was the first question? The really? first question was, why do you feel like it's not actually working out? Explain that uh, a little bit more. That's probably more due to... Like, well, I mean, I, I have some thoughts on maybe why, but I want to hear your thoughts. You, you said maybe there's a disconnect and maybe there's other things. Like, I want to know kind of... In your words, truly, why do you feel like this didn't work out? I don't know anything further than what I originally thought when I, I just thought it didn't work out. Th this is an industry that is, is far more akin to spend money on parts than to spend money on bettering themselves. I don't know if there's a price point that would even in fix that. I, I, I truly have given it no consideration, but pe people will spend uh, $500, $1,000 on breaks mm -hmm. before they might spend $99 on something that could 
lead to far greater things. Uh, they don't they don't see investments that way. That's my guess. Right. I, th- I was thinking along the same lines as well. What is the kind of average demographic of the kind of people who are listening to your show? It, it's all over the map. We do have very, very extremes. Uh, we, we have we have a fairly wealthy set. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also have um, younger and uh, more financially strapped sets. It, it, it's all across the board. I think the median income, uh, the last time I did a survey was somewhere in around the $90,000 mark. Okay, cool. Well, that's great. I mean, based on those numbers and those thoughts, I feel like there is a fit here. And this is, this is a product that would make sense for somebody in your audience to purchase. So that's, that's good. We've passed that test already. Speaking of tests, you had mentioned in the beginning when you were talking about and recapping me on everything, you had, you had mentioned that you had done some testing before you created this course. And I was, I wanted to go back and kind of figure out well, what, what, what exactly that meant? What, what, what does that mean? It was a, through a, through a couple of webinars that I did. Uh, so j- free preview webinars to present the, the gist of the course, get people's feedback, figure out how to alter the course, kind of figure out what they might be able to pay for it or be willing to pay for it. I, I, I think I presented it in webinars in a couple of different price points mm-hmm. and then followed up with people after the fact if they didn't indicate they wanted to buy as to what price points did work for them. I, it, I'm, I'm sorry, Pat, it's been over a year. No, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I think I whittled it down to 99 bucks because of all that interaction. Um, probably had 30 or 40 people on the initial webinars, but, but man, I think I only did one or two. Okay. Uh, and, done. and I, and I never, ever did a follow up. Uh, once the course was live, I didn't do any more webinars. I just <laughs> was burned out, I suppose. But yeah, no, I understand. I mean, you put in all that work and then t- it, I, what, correct me if I'm wrong, but it did, it did almost seem kind of deflating the results that came out of the test webinars and, you know, not seeing. Oh, sure. Yeah, no, it, uh, it, it genuinely sucked. Yeah. Uh, but you can't dwell on that forever. Uh, no, and I, and I, and I am, I commend you for that and knowing that because some people will, and you're figuring it out what's, what's working or what's not working and try to, trying to fix it now. So, so that's great. Um, what I would have done <laughs> differently is I would have done everything the same up to the point at which you, stopped. Um, but I would have included one more step and that would be to ask everybody who didn't buy why they didn't buy. I think this is the most important thing you can do even right now. And I don't know if it would be too far in the past to, to go back to those people and say, Hey, do you remember that course that I was coming out with? And you know, it might be hard for people to remember. I mean, you want to catch them at the point at which they decide not to buy so that you can ask them, well, how come you didn't buy? And that's a question that you have total permission to ask, especially if you're working with people, you're getting them involved in the process of the start of the course and all that sort of stuff, you know, and I don't know, I wish I was there to watch the webinars as well, because then you could kind of do a little bit more to get people involved and and have them feel like they're also contributing and creating the course essentially that they would essentially want to to, to go through um, instead of trying to build something and then fit it into them. And I, I feel like that's kind of what you were doing. You, were, you said you were asking questions and getting feedback and that sort of stuff. And that's always great. But when it comes down to it, people can say they want to buy something, but until they do, then you'll never know for sure if it, this is something that's actually going to, to to work out. And so I think the if you could go back into the past and kind of rewind, the best thing would have been to, before you even create the course, to go through the webinar and the validation process and, 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 pre, and get some pre-orders in, if that makes sense. 
think I did that except for the pre-orders, now that I recall. There was no course when I did the first webinar. Okay, so you would have wanted people to say yes with their, with their dollars yeah. at that point, um, so, so if that makes sense. Now, that doesn't mean you can't do that anymore. You can almost kind of reset and start over, and at the point at which you take these and collect these pre-orders – and you can show people kind of bits and pieces of the course that you already have to show them what you're thinking of and getting reflections and feedback from people. You will be able to interact with them like I had just mentioned and then give them a pre-order. And then also in that there's going to be some scarcity involved, meaning, all right, guys, th this pre-order is going to only be available to to those of you who are watching this webinar right now because you guys are special. You guys are get the, getting the early bird pricing for the next 24 hours. Just I need to make sure that this is something I want to create. So if we get – X number of people to purchase, I will know that this is something you guys want. And here's the pre-order. It's a little bit cheaper than it's going to be in the future. And that's how I'll know. And so you could actually do the same thing again and validate it essentially. And if you do get validation, then you would get your course ready to go and maybe just tweak it a little bit based on people's feedback. And then it would be there and live and ready to go. And that would be a way for you. That would be kind of the first step to kind of revalidate this with your current audience, your audience has probably grown since then. People don't even know this course ever existed. Um, you can even just so you're not kind of, I mean, you, you might be thinking, well, I don't want to relaunch it to people who already know it's there because then they would know and they would think I was lying maybe. But you can actually frame it so that you're actually just relaunching it and you're reopening it and you're going to make sure that it has all the things that everybody wants first. So I would do the same thing that John taught you to come on a webinar and, and to kind of interact with you and tell me, you know, you, you don't have to buy anything. It's a totally free webinar. But at the end, I'm going to tell you that there's this deal that you're going to have so that you can get it at the lower price. And if we get a certain amount of people, then I will move forward with it. And then since you have that course already, it's not going to take quite as long for you to build it out anymore. And if they don't purchase, anybody who doesn't purchase, even if they don't purchase the pre-order at that point, you can tell them. Thank you for coming on the webinar. I appreciate your feedback and all that stuff. And I just wanted to know, why didn't you pre-order? I'm not, I'm not forcing you to do this. I, I'm just curious, how come you didn't pre-order? And those answers are going to tell you exactly why everybody else in the past and those people right then haven't purchased. And that's going to be golden information for you. And, and, and that, that's kind of how I would go moving forward. And then once it's out there, once you have testimonials, once you bring people on the show that have used – even if it's 10 people – once you bring those people on the show to talk about their process, how they've been able to sponsor their cars, it's going to have people who are who are on the fence. And I'm, my guess is because you have a perfect audience for this, there were a lot of people on the fence, and they just needed a little bit of a push. And my guess is maybe you're you're not a, a salesman. I'm not a salesman, and and I don't know if you are, but you know you you kind of just want people to decide on their own, right? If they want to purchase something or not, and you're not very pushy. Is that is that right? Uh, I can be. You can be? Okay. So um, you're, you're probably better than I am in that sense. Then, um, try not to be in certain situations. <laughs> right, right. Is this all making sense so far? It, it is. Okay. It is. Um, it, in, in, the, uh, in the context of things, the, probably the, the show that I have is my best relation to people. I, I guess I can't fathom uh, bringing in anyone just uh, out of the blue that might engage in this course some other way is that off base to you no no i i, I get that and even if it's a little ad 
for yourself. This is very common in the podcasting world too. When people come out with their own courses, they put a little sponsorship spot at the end of the show or the beginning for their own stuff. If you listen to Michael Hyatt's show, he does this for his platform university and he talks about it a little bit. I believe he pulls in some testimonials from people and they aren't conversations. They're just little clips of testimonials that people have spoken and recorded that then got dropped into the course and those sorts of things. I mean, there's a reason why testimonials are everywhere. It's because they work. People can relate to those people as well and they make people feel like they can be that too. Uh, that, that's cool. I, uh, I have over the last three or four shows, once I turned this, I turned this on so you, uh, so you could access it. Uh-huh. Um, and then I went ahead just for fun and started promoing in a few shows. I, I probably haven't seen a tick, <laughs> uh, on, on someone ending up on the, on the review page as a result of that yet. Wait, uh, explain that again. So you, you actually did this already? St- yes. So when I, when I contacted you, uh-huh. I had to turn the course back on. Uh, like literally the URLs weren't there. Okay. Uh, so I reactivated it and then just started putting little promos in the last, I don't know, three or three or four shows that the course was reactivated and back available again. Okay. So this is sponsorship fast lane. I'm here on this kind of third to last Correct. thing that just went out. And that'll probably take you to a lead page somewhere. And, and so while, when putting this on your website, you weren't getting anybody to come over. Like when you go into lead pages, you see that there are zero visits. Right. Uh, right now, the only way people are really aware that this course is back on and available is if I have mentioned it in the podcast. You, you really don't see much on the website at all to alert you that it's there. Right. Um, this was just a, I don't know, my little test to and, see would, would splur- splurging it in the podcast show have any effect. And how this is a great test for validation, actually. I think it's really smart that you did this Um, in your podcast episode. I'm sorry I didn't listen to it. How are you promoting this? Like, what is the link that you mention in the podcast episode or how do you get people to come over here or how do you how are you trying to do that right now? Um, I I don't recall the the exact verbiage I'm giving, but just it is that the 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 course is now uh, back available again after uh, after a long hiatus. Uh, it's my, the course I developed after creating a $400,000 package for my own car. Um, I think I, I don't recall if I've given some testimonials in there, but I, I do have some from other people that have worked, but it, it's something like that, Pat. So okay. You know, and what's the, what's the call to action? Like I'm, I'm looking for how do people get from listening to this landing page here? They are to go to sponsorshipfastlane.com. Okay. So, I mean, initially there's a couple of just graphical slash not graphical but more user experience uh, sort of things one thing you could do is just remind people at the top or say thank you for visiting or thank you for listening to the show here's the course i was talking about you know if that if that's the only place that people are seeing it or hearing it then it kind of creates that continuous conversation so you're kind of taking that conversation and expanding on it here on this page as well and you know for the most part i, I like what i see here so my thought is people, well, first of all, people aren't, aren't coming here. So maybe the, there needs to be some sort of incentive because right there you're kind of asking people to buy right on the podcast and maybe people are somewhat interested in it, but then they have to go to this other webpage and that sort of thing. And, and, you know, they know that they're going to be asked to purchase something, which in a lot of cases, especially in, in sort of older niches. And I don't mean older, like I would guess the average age is about 45. Okay. Uh, so, so I was kind of along the, those lines there. So what I, what I feel like could be used is similar to how when people come out with books and people ask 
people on their shows to buy books, they often give away the first chapter for free. And I think you could use that some that kind of strategy to literally give away one of your tips to maybe get people one of their first deals. If there was something you could share on the show or not even on the show, but actually a download or something that people can get even just through a series of emails when people subscribe to receive some sort of instruction to take their first step toward the sponsorship route to actually see some results from it. And maybe it's the first phone call or, you know, something where people actually have to take action, but then can get an immediate result that is going to create this sense of, wow, Rob knows what he's talking about. I'm actually doing it. I want more. I want to get the rest of this information. So there's a couple of ways to set that up. You can have, for example, I don't know what the course looks like in terms of if there's modules, for example, or lessons or uh, whatever. But the, the first one could be, for example, completely free. You get free access to it. And you can even, I, w I would even, in your case, because I feel like you need to make a really compelling offer, I would give that away for free, but also make it completely accessible to anybody, even without the email address. I think it's, again, it has to be something that kind of just, wow, people are getting results. They're going to want to subscribe to get more information and get and, and go into your kind of funnel process here. Talking about the, the initial giveaway of a lesson or the whole enchilada there, I well, give away the lesson, give away the first lesson and don't require any sort of emails or anything to get access to that. And then you can say if you, you're interested in the rest of the course, you can subscribe to a webinar here or register for a webinar. And again, this will give you this is what I would do the kind of the first round to kind of get a bunch of people in to get people interested in, in what it is you have to offer. And then because they would have had that experience with you through the teaching of this first lesson, you can talk about some of the other lessons, you can talk about some of what else you have to offer in the course in this webinar, maybe even give away one more valuable tip uh, or lesson there, and then you drive people in, into sales or, or, or pre-orders, I guess you could say, um, if, if, if you wanted to go down that route. So give away the first lesson completely free, and again, you have nothing to lose here, right? So. It, it's something that I feel like you could experiment with and see. But I, I feel like if you were to say, hey, guys, you know what? This course, I know it's something that's going to be really helpful for you. I want you to check it out. And I've opened up the first lesson completely free. Go to this website. You're going to be taken to the very first lesson. I'm not going to ask you for your email address or anything like that to get access to it. Go there. Check out the lesson. You'll see exactly what, what this can do for you and your car and how you'll be able to get blank, blank, and blank because you probably are struggling with blank but my course will help you by doing these things. Anyway, you're just driving people to the lesson. And at the end of that lesson is when, and you can experiment with this, you could, you could probably try selling it at that point, at the end of that lesson one, if they wanna get the rest of the lessons, click here. There's a, there's a special deal for you since you came over and we're still doing it early and just trying to, you know, all that sort of stuff. Uh, but you could also, if you wanted to experiment again in the future, or you, you can do one or the other first, you could have people come onto a webinar and talk to them even more to talk, to get, to get some interaction involved as well. Cause I think it would help if people heard your voice and heard your passion for this and talked about, you know, your experience with your Chevelle and all those sorts of things. So you have a lot of options, but I feel like even if you were to just do that first lesson, you would see that people would come over finally, because that's, that's the big, 
kind of stopping point here is pe- people aren't even coming to this page. So all that stuff I mentioned about what's on this page doesn't even really matter at this point. Now we just need to really entice people to come from the show to something. And again, that first lesson I feel, especially if it's if they get something out of it and a result is, is going to work really well for you, at least in getting people to move in the right direction and continue that conversation from your show. What is the trigger uh, I think a while back you said you passed the first test. What what are you seeing or hearing that makes you think that this is actually a viable course for a viable audience? Well, you had mentioned that you had 40 people live on a webinar, which is great. That's a lot more than I know a lot of other people have had on their sort of validation first tests. So that was a great sign for me. You've actually had people take action to a point where they're giving you their email, they're actually registering, and they're showing up to watch you. And I think that's great. You know this stuff is great. You've worked with a few people before. I would actually go to those people that you've worked with before to check up on things, see how things are going, and potentially just ask, well, you know, I have this course and you, you went through it. What what do you feel like could be added or what do you think is missing? I'm thinking of giving away the first lesson for free. Just kind of just to start that conversation and, and engage with those people to see if you can find out anything more about what they really liked about it or what could be improved. Um, but again, those that 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 initial webinar, that test that you did, which is what I asked earlier, I, f- I feel like that's that's the big trigger point for me and why I wouldn't kind of just stop with this yet. I mean, I feel like there's potential because of that. And also you had mentioned that the pre-launch went well. Now, is that the same thing? You you had mentioned that the testing went well and then you continued to build it and then you did the pre-launch and you said that that went well also. Was that just because you had the registrants on? Man, I th- I'm almost positive there are two webinars. The first one was to gauge the basically the viability of the, the concept. Okay. Um, yeah, I, there was no course, but I gave the gist of what the course could cover. Perfect. And then from there, I've, I've you know, the, the, and I didn't ask for pre-orders. Maybe I should have. But uh, from there, I built a course with all the stuff plus the feedback that I received from people. Okay. And and priced it about where they their where their feedback mentioned. Sure. And then I, I did do another webinar to launch the course, and no purchases from that at like at all. How many people uh, were watching that webinar? Uh, similar numbers. Similar numbers. Um, and you use John's advice in terms of how to structure the webinar with giving away lots of value and then having the pitch at the end and all that sort of stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Door to door. Yeah. It it, uh, it it went pretty well. It was simple to do. Yeah. I, I don't feel that the webinar lagged. My my, uh, my thought just after, you know, late last fall is that it, it probably just wasn't something people wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's all. So, okay. Uh, so, so- I'm definitely willing to take a stab at remarketing and positioning it better, um, but but it's all a test to figure out in the end if it's something people want enough to buy. Right, right, absolutely. And so I think the first thing you should do again let's let's do this in phases, perhaps, so we can just make sure we're not building everything to a point at which at the end maybe it just doesn't work out again for whatever reason, and then you've kind of wasted time. So I think if we take this in phases. You'd be able to validate along the way, and each one of those phases could essentially be a stopping point. If it doesn't work out, then you know. But if it does, you keep going. Does that make sense? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yes. So the first phase, I feel, would be this thing I talked about earlier, which is giving away the first lesson for free to see if you can get people from your primary traffic and relationship-building device, your podcast and your website, to get them to get the first lesson for free. And to make sure that people are keeping track and, and, and that sort of thing. And I think I, I, I feel like you could do that just to see with no barriers involved 
if people are interested in it. When they show up, period. Right. Because if we put, okay, we, you have to give up, you have to give your email address. That's going to be another thing that people will have to do and think about and either decide yes or no. So I think just to make sure we wipe everything out, we just say, hey guys, the first lesson is available here for you for free. It's on this website. It's right there. You can view it right now. I'm not going to ask you for anything except to visit this link, whatever the link is. Should I put a timeline on that? Mm, that's a great question. See, the thing is, I mean, okay, so you, if you say this on a podcast, for example, the podcast kind of lives forever, right? And so if you were to say there is a time limit, it would do two things for you. One, it would tell people who are listening within that time period to go there now, right? It would create that sense of urgency. Mm -hmm. and, and in addition, if for whatever reason you take this down in the future, you don't have to worry about people in the past, or if, if, if you don't have to worry about people coming and hoping this is there and then seeing nothing or seeing that it was abandoned, which kind of reflects bad on kind of you, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like you can have a time limit on this and say, for example, if you were to do this, this month, September 1st today, say, okay, the first lesson is going to be up, totally available to you, completely free, no emails required. I just want to show and share this with you and make sure that you see the kind of results that you can get. Go here. It'll be available completely free until October 1st. That way you give, you know, good buffer amount of time for people to kind of actually go. And then you keep track and you just make sure that people are there. Now, of course, we won't, we don't want just people to land on that site and then leave. If they land on that site, great. That's, that's kind of, we passed test number one. We know that people are interested in this content. So that's phase one. Does that make sense? Yeah. So somehow I need to like literally be able to track the, the page I'm sending them to, which I, which you can do through analytics. I mean, the, the course is just buried in my website. That's right. I mean, you could just strip the content of that course out and put it on its own landing page and have lead ah, pages um, that, yeah. keep track of that for you. Totally good idea. Yeah. And then what you could do is put a lead box on the bottom, for example. And again, we're not selling anything yet. Just put a lead box on the very bottom of that course. You know, after you strip out all that content, put it on a lead page just to make it easy and quick for you. If you're interested in this content and you would love more and you might have to rework the the the, the copy there. Um, if you're if if you loved this lesson and would like more, please leave your email address below, and you'll be notified when new lessons become available. Something of that nature, like new lessons for gifting. When um, no, that's a good question because they would have known there's a course. If you're interested in this, if you if you if you are interested in content like this to help you with your sponsorships. To be able to, da, 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 again, making sure that all the benefits are there, not just the features, but the benefits are there so that they know. Please leave your email address below. And I think the, the, the big idea is there that people just want more information from there. Okay, to follow up later with like the actual course. Right. But not, not to suggest that they, from that spot right there, go buy the rest. Correct, correct. Again, that's kind of phase two. So phase one, they land on the site. Good, we know that they are interested in the content. Whatever you said on the podcast, whatever is linked to on the blog, it makes sense to them and they're coming to the site. Great. Phase two, they're on the site on that lesson number one. They like and appreciate the content enough to be able to say, hey, yes, Rob, I like this. Here's my email. Whenever more information about more stuff like this comes out, 
let me know. That's like phase two. Phase three would then, to be able to, I would actually literally, I mean, we could probably follow up later. I think that's that's a lot to work toward for now, but just thinking ahead in the future, at that point, it would be, you know, you could send an email out asking for feedback with pe- with people saying, I, you know, and, and and I would this is the relationship building part. I wouldn't even get to the selling part yet. That comes that comes away later. So I would say, thank you, na- name or just thank you for coming and uh, to the lesson page. I hope you enjoyed it. I wanted to know what honestly what you thought about it and what you feel like. What else you would want to know about this topic? And again, you're getting them to almost. And if you know your audience well enough, they're probably going to say things that you already have in the lessons that you've already created in this course. And that's gonna be great because when you do eventually get to the point where you, I, and I would I would do a pre-sell again because it kind of gives them some urgency. It gives them a, a, a sense that they're saving money upfront uh, on this. They're early adopters, that sort of thing. It, it would just make them feel like, wow, I actually had a part in this. I actually had a say and here it is. This is everything I wanted and, and more based on my feedback and the feedback of some other people who took the lesson. and then. Again, that will help you confirm those pre-orders to whether or not this is something that you could start to begin to do kind of more more consistent webinars, kind of John Lee Dumas style down the road or a little bit more heavy promotion on the podcast, knowing that it works because, you know, you obviously could go full on and all out with webinars and ads and things like that for now. But it would be nice to know that people have made their way here and they appreciate it and they've kind of validated it through their pre-orders, correct? Mm-hmm. before you go all out with it. And what, what I mean all out, I'm not saying you're going to be spammy or anything like that, but just that you're confident in the product and that you know it is something that is useful. And then, of course, the cool thing is once you get these pre-orders in, you'd have your course come out and probably change it a little bit uh, based off of feedback or maybe not, maybe just wait a little bit and say, hey guys, it's here. Thank you so much. Here's the pre-orders. I am, and, and then you kind of launch it and then you could make the launch another big deal and talk about how many students you have already provide social proof and get, you can even get testimonials from people who have taken action on stuff. Uh, A lot of things could happen from there, but again, this sort of phased approach is going to help you just either have confidence along the way, knowing that you are headed in the right direction or have confidence with the fact that you can make a decision to not do this anymore. Let me, let me see if I got my notes correct here. Phase one is pretty, pretty clear. Hey, by the way, you're awesome. Thank you for cutting through this very quickly. Yeah, I, I hope it's helpful. I'm, and, and I'm sorry, I'm just kind of going in and around and winding in and around and through things. This is how I'm kind of just saying what I think. And typically it takes me a little bit of time to kind of come to a nice little step-by-step conclusion. <laughs> oh, well, me too. <laughs> any, any grace in that. But um, So first step here, uh, send them for free. Uh, no strings attached to to lesson number one, so they can get an idea of what at least is in there. Um, and there is a way for them to sign up for uh, an email notification uh, when there's when there's more information available about the course, or or to give their feedback on the course. Correct. Yeah. What they'd like in the actually, I'm, I might do that because they the regular listeners at this point are, are well aware there is a course. Okay, so I think that's a great idea. Hey, what do you, uh, I would love to know your honest thoughts about this. Let um, put your email address below, and we'll have a, I can follow up with you to ask you what you like and dislike about this. It'll be quick, short conversations, that sort of thing. 
so phase phase one is that get them to the first lesson. If I mean, if that just goes sour, then then we know. Then you know. Then you know. Um, yep. If we do, uh, they have they have given me their email for more information and to provide more info the course. So that's phase two is to collect all that. I assume mm-hmm. uh, to review it, process it, interact with people, beef up the course where needed, but mostly probably share that the lessons exist already. Um, and then I guess phase three is to re-relaunch the course or I would say on an individual basis you could ask them to 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 pre-order it that, that's what that's what I would do um and in a very again honest way you know hey I've been working on this course you know this you saw the first lesson I've gotten a lot of feedback I've I've revamped the course that I was coming out with and if you were interested in it and it seems like you are because you're still here talking with me here it is for pre-order it's going to be available on so and so date if we get at least 20 people to purchase. And if that's one of you, awesome. If not, totally totally okay. Like, no worries. I'm still here for you. I'm still gonna help you out. But if you are interested, here's the link to pre-order it now. And this would be a... a this would be an individual email to that person. One-on-one. One-on-one. I mean, you could use a templated email for each and every per- other person, but of course you might wanna uh, personalize uh, bits and pieces of it just to make it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. One-on-one. Then at... Some point, do I try to turn it into a mass? Yeah, if you get the 20 people or in your head, you would kind of come up with a number. Maybe it's 10% of the people who you are having email connections with, they end up purchasing. Then you would say, okay, I got 10%. Let's move forward with it. I'm going to turn, I'm going to launch it on the pre-order date and launch it to these people. And then you would probably create a secondary date for the ma- for the main launch. So you would pre-order it exclusively for them. Again, it gives them early access. It makes them feel like they're getting even more out of the deal. And then you can craft your launch phases and all. That's a whole nother conversation we can have later uh, to launch it on its own date and make make an event out of it and, all, and that sort of thing. I definitely appreciate it. And, um, you know, step-by-step sections are always helpful. And uh, if this brings some value to listeners that that maybe have tried and failed uh, to to give it another go, man, I'm I'm all for that. Why not? Cool. Thank you. Thank you, Robert. Okay. Do you want to talk about the DeLorean? I do. I always want to talk about DeLoreans. Okay. <laughs> so, so you are aware my my primary uh, expertise is in muscle cars. Uh, classic American, new, old doesn't matter. Oh. I am also a huge movie fan, and especially a movie car fan. Nice. So Back to the Future, I'm, I'm, I'm probably a few years older than you, Pat. I'm 40. So when I, I, I went to Back to the Future in the theater, age 10. I oh, remember, my gosh. That's so cool. So this car, uh, especially in the first movie, I, I want to say there were three cars in the first movie. There was a buck that was all torn apart, had the doors off, mm-hmm. the nose off. And that was the, the camera car to, to film you know, close-up shots. Right. But the, the car that you drove in your... Uh, in your your video before your new media expo launch was that one of the cars from movie number one is that the one that was restored it was no i i it was miscommunicated with me the person who owned it because i had asked like several times like this is this is the the one from the first movie and he kept saying yes but i found out it was just one of the rebuilt kind of replicas of it sure okay no problem no problem which made Uh, me sad because i thought i was literally in the one that doc brown was in and Michael J. Fox, but anyway, no, I'd I'd be heartbroken too. I was but still happy though. Of course. It was a really <laughs> replica. Um, when it when it comes to DeLoreans, there's there's really only two years. There's there's eighty one, eighty two, and eighty three. But I I know I said two years. 
83s are really just leftover 82s. Uh, DeLorean, the company, was just in kind of mass failure mode by that point. And there were very few styling changes in the DeLorean throughout its few-year run there. But there are some significant ones. So knowing you, Pat, when, when you get one of these cars one day to cruise around in, whether you make it a Back to the Future car or not, I, I really want it to be the right style car so you won't notice like these little things that would be wrong about it. So okay. what you want is a late 81 car. And the difference between a late 81 and an early 81, there, there are several. But the biggest cosmetically is the hood. And, uh, and remember, DeLorean's a rear mid-engine, mid-engine car, but uh-huh. the is actually the trunk. But you'll see two creases that run up and down the hood on either side on an 81 car. On an early 81, there's also a gas flap filler right up by the base of the windshield. On a late 81 car, that flap is gone. So on a, on, in both cases, you simply open the, the hood to, to put gas in it. But on the Back to the Future cars, they were late 81s. They had the hood creases, but no flap. I see. Hopefully that makes sense there so far. Yeah, I'm looking at, I found some pictures online that are describing exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. When you see an 82 or or, or an 83 for that matter, the hood is 100% perfectly flat. That was a change made in later model years so that the stampings were a little more consistent on the cars. And I think they were having some cracking problems Mm -hmm. with with the stainless stuff later on. But so you want late 81, no flat. Uh, You also want, uh, you, you, can, you can buy a car without this, but you need to make the mod afterwards. You want Euro-spec suspension. So write that down, Euro-spec suspension. So U.S. cars, especially at that time, had to have a, uh, a, a front and a rear, well, definitely a front, a five-mile-an-hour bumper test that they would go through. And DeLorean, to, to make sure that the bumper was at the proper height to survive the test, I mean, it's a really easy test. The car's just barely rolling. Mm-hmm. They had to raise the nose of the car up a couple, three inches. And they did that with suspension. So when you see an American DeLorean car, the nose of that car is kind of high. looks kind of dorky. Yeah. Uh, actually, it looks a lot like the one in uh, Back to the Future 3 with the big hubcaps on it. Mm-hmm. Although that's a bad example. That car was actually on a Volkswagen chassis, but uh, neither here nor there. What you want is Euro <laughs> spec. I love this. <laughs> you you want to put on uh, the same suspension size heights that would have come on the Euro version of the car. And that will drop the nose down a couple, three inches. And, and whether the Back to the Future cars had Eurospec, I don't know, but they had so much weight on them because of all the props and right. everywhere. The nose of that car sat nice. That car sat low and clean and right. And yours is going to need to sit that way too, or you're, you're never going to be happy. Mm-hmm. Number three is whether you drive a stick now or not, uh, get a stick. It, it'll just make you happier. Oh, yeah. I know how to drive stick. My first car was a stick, and I would only want the stick. There are some engine mods to make, too. The PRV engines in those was like a serious dog. Uh, that's Peugeot, Renault, Volvo. Uh, but, but there are some ways to hop that up. And then if you get sick of that, just call me and I'll get you a Corvette engine and we'll shove that in there. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Where do I get my uh, – where do I go to get one of these bad boys? They're, they're selling them at like on Craigslist and stuff and, you know yeah. – eBay. There is a company uh, called DeLorean Motors now. If you go to DeLorean.com, I think they're based out of Houston, but they have dealerships all over the country, places for service. There's one in San Diego. I'm almost positive. What? Uh, oh, yeah. If you go to, like, look up DeLorean California. Yep, DMCCalifornia.com. All right. I'm there. This can't be in San Diego. If it's in San Diego, I'm going to be upset. How do I not know? about Huntington Beach. Huntington. Okay. Okay. Sorry. So just, no, it's okay. You freaked me out a little bit. Uh, Live chat. I'll chat with them in a second. Um, (laughs) 
Hey, Pat Flynn, uh, yeah. late 81. With, <laughs> with the uh, Eurospec suspensions. And Anyway, uh, dude, this is awesome. Thank you for that. Yeah, you are welcome. My pleasure. Anytime. And then uh, when, whenever the day comes, I'm, I'm happy to help you sort and spec it. Uh, you, you could buy it from somebody else, but I'll, I'll make sure you get the right car. Awesome. And where are you located again? I'm in Iowa. Iowa. Okay. Well, I'll fly out here and we'll, we'll figure it out. <laughs> we, yeah, I, I was uh, out there a month ago. To, when you're in the car business, especially like the cool fast car business, you end up in California a All lot. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, Robert, thank you so much for the great conversation, for the DeLorean specs and uh, everything else. So wishing you the best of luck and keep me posted. Yeah, thanks, Pat. Take care. All right, man. Take care. Bye. All right. I hope you enjoyed listening in on that call. And again, thank you to Robert for allowing me to share that and, and being vulnerable and open about, about this. Now, I'm really interested because this is a brand new type of episode that we've never done before. But a lot of times when I've done stuff like this, people often say that they like it and they want more. And other times they say, no, don't ever do that again. So I'm curious to hear what you think. I'd love for you to go over to smartpassiveincome.com slash session one nine one again that's smartpassiveincome.com slash session one nine one and leaving a comment not just in response to my comments to robert and my advice and whatever advice you might have or maybe you have a completely different position maybe you agree with me maybe you don't i'd love to know your thoughts on that but i also love to know whether or not you like this kind of call because the thing is i love doing these kind of calls these coaching calls they make me feel great afterwards especially when people take action on my advice and implement things and we'll likely follow up with Robert down in the future to see how things are going with his uh, upcoming launch and things like that, or relaunch, I should say. But, you know, if, if I do, I, I, I love doing these coaching calls, and this would be a great way for me to say yes to doing them, because I, I, I have said no to doing these lately, especially over the last couple of years, because it is a lot of time, does take a lot of brain power and effort. It's not just the hour that I spend on the call, but it's a lot of prep time before and afterwards, plus the accountability that goes with it. However, I feel like if I were to double up and use that coaching call while at the same time being able to share that publicly for everybody, it becomes much more valuable for not just that person, but for everybody out there. And I think this allows me to help people in a way that's different than the way I'm helping now. Also, it opens up and shows that uh, there, are, there are some real life things going on and, and it's not always easy to get through. And I think that's important to understand too. But also I feel like it would allow me to help more individuals while also helping more people at the same time. So I'd love to know your comments on this. Do you like this format of an episode? If so, then maybe I, I'll do more of these. And if, if you feel like you have a business that you'd like me to potentially uh, break down and, and build back up here live on the podcast, uh, let me know. Head on over to smartpassiveincome.com slash session 191. And uh, if you guys agree, I will likely do more of these come 2016 because I think it's it was fun for me and, and hopefully it was fun for you too. So let me know, smartpassiveincome.com slash session 191. Would love to know your thoughts. Also, I wanna take a quick moment just to thank you. I don't know if you realize this, but you've had, you, the listeners, have made a massive impact on the direction of where Smart Passive Income has gone. Uh, as a result of you, I've been interviewing certain guests that you've recommended. As a result of uh, your recommendations, I've been tackling different topics that are, that are of high interest to you. Uh, in addition to that, I created a brand new podcast called Ask Pat, which you may have heard of before. And on that show, I answer voicemail questions from you as well. You can actually check that out at askpat.com. But that wouldn't happen if it wasn't for you. Obviously, Ask Pat, there needs to be 
questions in addition to my answers in order to make that show success. And, and I'm so thankful that uh, it's there and, and I have you to thank for that. I also have you to thank for pushing me to create some online courses to help you through a number of the, of the different problems and pains that you might be having with your online business, uh, the, the scaling of it, just even the start and the process of it. Um, even though there's a lot of great free information here via the podcast, I know, and I know this from my own experience as well, courses can be life-changing because you you purchase a course and you are just in that mindset of actually doing that thing that that course tells you to, to do. And I have a number of different courses available to you if that's the kind of thing you need in order to actually finally start getting results and taking action so i know a number of you have already taken action which is fine like i'm not trying to push these courses on you but they are there and available for those of you who would much prefer to get that targeted information and the accountability and the hand-holding through those processes so if you want to check out and see all the courses that are available to you all you have to do is go to smartpassiveincome.com courses that's a page that's going to continually grow over time as well so keep checking back smartpassiveincome.com courses I look forward to uh, to hopefully seeing you there. I'd also like to give a shout out again to athleticgreens.com. If you actually go to athleticgreens.com slash pat, you'll get a 50% off offer, which is just available for a limited time only. Athletic Greens is actually a superfood cocktail supplement. So it's what I take in the morning along with my morning routine, put a little water, put some powder in, it's actually great tasting. You know, sometimes with these supplements, especially with the ones that have greens in it, you know, your vegetables and all that stuff that you need to help you move forward through the day and stay focused, uh, sometimes it doesn't taste so great. But I love Athletic Greens and I get it and I've subscribed to it because it allows me to get the nutrients I need and start me off on the day on the right foot. So check it out, see what it's all about. Go to athleticgreens.com slash pat and you'll again get a 50% off limited time offer. So again, athleticgreens.com slash pat. Thank you all so much for listening and I appreciate it. And uh, we have some special episodes coming up in the SBA podcast to finish off the year. A lot of you have heard episodes 15, 16, and 17. Those are the ones I reference every time I have somebody start from the beginning. And uh, those are great episodes. And I feel like there's a lot more content that could be added within each of those episodes. And so... Coming up in the next episodes, I'm gonna give you another starting point for those of you who are just starting out or those of you who are looking for other ways to monetize whatever it is you're doing. We're gonna talk about all of the monetization options that you have, what's entailed with each, what kind of work is related, and uh, what it takes to get started with each of them. So you'll see those in the next few episodes to finish off the year here. And as a thank you, I just wanna give you the best content as I can and if you want to give me a quick thanks, just head on over to iTunes, leave a quick review for the show. Let's finish off the year with a bang and uh, let's let's get to the top of iTunes as much as possible. And that starts with you. So thank you for the ratings and reviews on iTunes. I love it. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate each and every one of you. And uh, here we go. Closing off the year. Hope you're close to your goals. And uh, if not, keep pushing forward. There's a few weeks left. Love you guys. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Smart Passive Income Podcast at www.smartpassiveincome.com. So podcasting is obviously a big deal here at SPI, and today I'm so excited to tell you about our newest podcast. Yes, a brand new podcast called Flops. Flops is all about exploring, celebrating, and normalizing failure in the entrepreneurial journey. Every entrepreneur experiences failure at some point, so I love that we're just facing it head on here. And the show is hosted by two members of the team, Karen and Ray, and in it, they talk to entrepreneurs who have had stumbles, 
setbacks, and flat-out failures. These guests are honest and generous with their stories, and I think they offer hope and encouragement for all other entrepreneurs out there because we all experience it, right? We all experience failure. For example, in the first episode, Ray talks to John, who got caught up in a Ponzi scheme. It's a story with twists and turns that will keep you hooked. It's a great story. I highly recommend you check it out. But one thing I love about Flops is that it doesn't dwell on the failure, and it always finds a bright side. I really love it, and I think you will too. So the first season of Flops has already started with new episodes dropping on Wednesdays. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also listen at smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. Again, that's smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. I hope you enjoy it. 